You want to get this started or what? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm ready to get it popping. I figure you'll take away the intro and then, you know, we can we can uh, we can kick it off for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, everyone in here pretty much knows us. Mike Perry, I write for the lead and I'm doing this podcast for the lead. You wing some, you lose some. Uh, at, to quote uh, all of our favorite person, Akil, the, the, the wordplay is like prime Wayne for you wing some, you lose some. So just saying this, that's a beautiful uh, part. Akil knows what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. for sure. And <clears throat> Lucas, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Well, you guys all know me, uh, Lucas Scanner. Um, you know, you guys know me from Green Room, from Halftime. Um, you know, I do some stuff for Hoopball. I'm really excited to join Mike here uh, on the lead talking about the Knicks, man, because I think the Knicks have a lot in store this upcoming season, man. Oh, for sure. To kick it off, did you want to do the 15-man roster predictions? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. I, we can start there. I struggled. It It, it boiled down to... Whether Dwayne Bacon or Luca Vildoza is going to be cut. At the end of the day, I don't think Dwayne Bacon makes it because his salary is less than Vildoza's. Like, we signed Vildoza for a reason. I shouldn't say we because I'm not part of the team, but they signed Vildoza for a reason. And given Kemba and Derrick Rose's health, it, it just makes sense to keep an extra point guard on the roster. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Um, you know, I do like Bacon as a player, like what he's brought, but I do think that he is the most likely to get axed um, among everybody. Because like you said, you know, you really can't count on, you know, some aging point guard's health. And I'm sure you don't want to throw quickly in there full time just yet with absolutely no backup. So I would say I'm right there with you um, because I don't think any of the rookies, I know they just signed MJ Walker to a Kunde about a month ago. Or exhibit ten contract, excuse me. They signed him to a training camp contract, but a lot of people are saying that he'll probably get a G League contract. Yeah, Westchester. So, yeah, because his uh, in the contract they gave him, he'll get an extra fifty k if he does sign with Westchester oh, if okay. he doesn't make the team. So I assumed he was probably more of a G League guy, but uh, he was a knockdown shooter. I think some of the guys the Knicks brought in, like that weren't not named Jericho Sims or Miles uh, McBride, I think actually, you know, maybe have a future on the Knicks roster, but. Unfortunately, I do think Dwayne Bacon is probably the odd man out here, wouldn't you say? I mean, I know, I think Dwayne Bacon played for Steve Clifford in Orlando, and I know Tibbs and Steve Clifford are tight, so I don't know if that's how that happened. But at the same time, like, Dwayne Bacon's probably the worst um, non-rookie on the roster, so it's not a hard decision to make. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that he is probably by far the worst Um, (laughs) non-rookie. Like, I'm the only person you could arguably you know, make a case for us, Kevin Knox. And obviously, you know, he's just in a different position than Dwayne Bacon as yeah. you know, a player um, with, you know, who's drafted in the lottery. So you really can't even compare them. But yeah, that's who I would say gets the ax, unfortunately. And like I said, I do like Dwayne Bacon can fill it up uh, on occasion. But I think, you know, Alec Burks does that just better. Yeah. And, you know, it's oh, a yeah. solid and better player. So I would say, yeah, unfortunately, Dwayne, your time in New York might be over if it was up to Mike and I. He's got to go. Mo- moving on. The record discussion, which is a little more interesting because everyone's saying there's going to be a regression, and they're right. There will be regression. My Mm. prediction for the Knicks record is 40 and 42. Mm. Keep in mind, I'm saying this as a Knicks fan. 
a real Knicks fan, Lucas. Oh, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Okay. But there will be regression. I mean, that's natural. I don't think you can really be hard on like Julius Randle when his numbers dip. You're going to have like better teammates, Kemba, Fournier. So he'll have like less responsibility. Like health is going to be more of an issue this year, you know, with Kemba and Derrick Rose. I don't think Julius Randle can play another full season with that many minutes you know, with that much responsibility. So unless someone else steps up, Julius is either going to get injured or he's going to just not be able to play as much. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, I think a lot of people are going to use the talking point when Julius's numbers going down to show that he couldn't sustain his play. But genuinely, I think if we want the Knicks to succeed, I think Julius's usage and his numbers, shots per game, points, everything should go down a little bit. Because like you're saying, uh, you know, he should not have to carry the load that he did last year as impressive as it was. So I actually had them at 42 and 40, actually, the inverse of what you had. So we're right in the same range. Okay. You know, I do think the Knicks are like people are expecting them maybe to regress to like a bit worse than I think is realistic. Like people might overemphasize the regression, I think, a little bit. You know, I do think the Knicks are going to be, you know, in that range maybe five like i think in the east first of all i think the east four through like eight or nine is you know going to be a pretty tight race but i really do think the knicks are better than the bulls i know that might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion among nba circles but i really do think oh no not in this room no not in this room normal take in this room that's the no that's the correct take in this room no but i really do think that i genuinely do um and honestly you know i know you said health could get a little worse but i think that Mitch being out really, really takes away an aspect from the Knicks that I think makes them like, you know, even like a real serious team. You know what I mean? Mitch's rim protection and his rim running, as much as I love Netherlands, it's truly not on the quite same, uh, quite at the same level as Mitch. Uh, it is not even in the same universe. Netherlands <laughs> Noel can't catch a ball to save his life. I, lo- I love him. I love, oh, him. I love the guy. Right. But... Yeah. Uh, Butterfingers by the very <laughs> definition. Another thing of note, you know, uh, New York shot 38.8%, good enough for fourth in the NBA from three last year. Uh, they shot better than Portland, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. Like, that, <laughs> that is not sustainable. I mm-hmm. highly, highly doubt that that happens again. You know, Reggie Bullock left. Uh, we got Fournier to replace him, but I don't – I think Bullock's a little bit of a better shooter, and I think as a whole the team just won't shoot as well. It's just not, not realistic. And it's not like Tibbs is like an offensive guru who made that happen. Like, that was just great chemistry, I think, right. if anything. Yeah, no, I agree. I would expect, you know, some regression. I think uh, I would agree Evan Fournier is a better scorer, but a worse shooter than uh, than Reggie Bullock. And, you know, Mike, we also lost a 48% three-point shooter, Frank Nilakina, to the Mavericks. So, you oh. know, I know everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, he's only on one attempt per game. But I, I do Frank. think... I know. I love him, too. It was sad to see him leave, but I think it was the time had run its course. And, you know, you know who's going to break the streak? Hopefully Kevin Knox. Hopefully they sign Kevin Knox to an extension. He hopefully will show us something this year. Um, But back to the shooting, I would say that I think the Knicks are going to have a very well-spaced offense, though. I really do, because, yes, they are going to be able to have shooters on the court. You know, maybe that won't bear out as the number four shooting team in the league, but I think just basketball wise, like when they're playing, I think it'll really open up uh, some driving lanes um, because we know Forney is a shooter. We know Kemba can shoot, um, of course. And honestly, I'm really, 
I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to see, uh, you know, Julius with a decreased offensive load because I really think that's going to go a long way uh, to show that he really can be like, you know, a top 25 player in this league, you know, with no questions. Listen, Ben, listen, uh, <laughs> uh, we are not expecting a lot of help from Kevin Knox. I, that's I, not I what I meant. Am not. <laughs> right. No, that's not um, what I meant. I just meant to end the streak of non-signed rookies. You know, I think that maybe, you know, is Knox tantalizing enough to get that second contract with the Knicks? Like, um, I think he's he's willing. Honestly, I was leaning RJ because obviously we know RJ is guaranteed to get that contract. Yeah, okay, Ben. I see you, Ben. But also, speaking of three-point shooting, I kind of got distracted. What I meant to bring up was RJ Barrett's three-point shooting, right? So he shot 40% from three. And, you know, that alone is impressive. But when you factor in that he shot 12.5% from three in December of last year, um, you know, that really almost makes it even more impressive. He shot mid-40s every other month, um, with the exception of March and January, where he shot mid-30s. And this is on the same volume pretty much throughout, even increased volume towards the end of the year, where, you know, in April and May, he was taking six threes a game on about 46% from three. So uh, I was really impressed with RJ's jumper after, you know, that ugly stretch to start the year. Yes, Ben, he does need to improve his shot selection. He um, takes too many twos. He's he's like, he's really good in the mid-range, but like he's too, it's the same thing with quickly with his floater where like he just goes to it because he knows that he can do it. Like RJ knows he's really good in the mid-range, but I want to see him shoot more threes. Like on catch and shoot threes last year, he was shooting uh, 41%. Like we need to see more of that. And uh, in screens, like pick and roll, he really was not, Uh, shooting threes and I think if you know the big is dropping there's no reason why RJ Barrett can't be hitting uh, a 40% clip on pick and roll uh, spot up threes so oh listen if RJ can run a pick and roll and just step into a three when the big is dropping well that is gonna be yeah that would be beautiful sorry to cut you off but keep in mind who did he have as a role man last year yeah not somebody who is uh, taking (laughs) too much gravity right uh Nerland's Noel yeah Good luck. Yeah, that's what I'm – I think Mitch – like, I don't think people understand how much, like, you know, the Knicks missing Mitch. Or maybe they understand, but I really think Mitch would have made a massive difference in the playoff series. Um, He just is such an impactful defender in the paint. And like you're saying, you know, it's a lot easier to run a pick and roll with the guy who can just, you know, catch a sky-high lob as opposed to someone who can't catch any lob. You know, I really can't overstate how much I think Mitch being back, if he can stay on the court, you know, avoiding fouls and injuries, I think he'll make just a massive impact. It's just hard to get a read with Mitch because I can't tell if he's just this goofy kid who's incredibly gifted and talented who has kind of, like, lucked his way into where he is or if he's, like, a really, like, driven individual who wants to improve and stay on the floor and be a great player. Like, is he Hassan Whiteside or is he, you know, we, we really don't know. I love the Noel shit talking while he's trying to cry about losing 50 mil. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, I love Nerlens. I just want to make that clear, dude. I and love what Nerlens brings. It's just not the same thing that what Mitch brings. That's all it is. Nerlens is a terrific third big, in my opinion. I love him coming off the bench, but he just, you know, he was not fitting into the role that the Knicks had to have him due to injuries. That's all. I don't I don't even mean to shit talk Nerlens. He was just, the only player in the NBA last year to average two blocks and one steal. Just saying. See, just he's, saying. Gr- he's a good defender, man. He really is. He, he definitely does add value. I just think, I think not not at 35 minutes a game. 
No, I think Tibbs also re-injected confidence into him. Like, well, you know, Jesus Christ, kid. Like, you're an insanely gifted defender. Like, go out (laughs) there and shut – like, you're not – driving on Nerlens Noel is no longer, like, permitted. Like, it's not something you want to do whatsoever. It's getting to the point where people are avoiding him, which is good. Exactly. But he also gets, you know, Trey Young just toys with the man on the perimeter. So, it's – yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Mitch, honestly, Mitch is, Mitch is arguably most impressive trade to me is his ability to block jump shots. I don't – Block alley-oops too. Like, it's unbelievable. And he is, is like – I agree with you, Mike. It is kind of hard to get a read on, uh, on who Mitch is as a player because, like, he is just so incredibly gifted. Um, but you do want to see him really take strides to improve his conditioning well, probably – and his ability to not foul so he can stay on the court and really actually impact the game. Yeah, and, like, the man has had, like, five different agents since he came into the league. <laughs> like, he went to Western Kentucky for college and then was like, yeah, nah, no, I don't think so. And then just went into the draft. Like, it's it's concerning. It concerns me, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely a... You know, I try not to see it as concerning, but it is in the back of my mind. There always is that thing with Mitch is like, is he ever going to be able to stay on the court? Is he going to make these improvements? You know, I think he will be, though. I do think he will be, especially after like, I don't know, once you're on the big stage and in the big Apple, man, and, and especially after the Knicks get a taste of the playoffs, I think Mitch, that's just going to be, a, you know, drive Mitch to be successful that much more because I'm sure it, as a, as a competitor, you know, as an athlete, I'm sure it hurt him to, you know, see his yeah. team go down without him out there to help. Like, uh, you know, he did take a weird path getting to the NBA, but I do think that uh, Mitch really, you know, is not like to, that. I really think he is. Not to buy too much into players' social media, but he's always posting, like, you know, I just want to hoop. I just wish I was on the floor. So I know he <laughs> wants to He wants to play, and yeah. he has fun when he's out there. I just he feels like a little kid sometimes. He does you know, a little bit. He does a little bit. There's no there's no doubting that Mitchell Robinson loves hoop though. That that is one thing that we for sure do not need to question. I think Ben down here asked thoughts on Obi, Mike. What are your thoughts, thoughts on, on Obi? Thoughts on Obi. During the regular season, looked like shit. Come playoff time, looked amazing. I uh, he he figured it out kind of like where like he looked lost like people had to like point to him like where to go on the floor at the, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season and he barely got any run and then come playoff time due to some injuries he was good enough that Tibbs let him see the floor and he actually looked like blocking alley-oops running the floor um you know it, he didn't look great against the Hawks but he held his own I would say Obi <laughs> Obi I don't know is like destined to become a starter right like, he might just be a rotation guy for the rest of his career. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a Tom Thibodeau kind of player, I don't know. Because he's so laterally slow. It's like, well, is he going to get minutes at the five? Well, we have Mitch, Nerlens, and Taj. Well, okay, so he's going to be behind Julius the whole year? Well, maybe that's good for him. I. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah no, Obi's a complicated one because I'm right there with you. I It was hard. It was you know, I don't know about you, but it was almost hard to watch Obi at times during. No, it was it was awful. It was especially horrible. knowing you know who fell and where the draft was, who went after him in the draft. Yes. Uh, don't even get yes. me started on Halliburton. That will be a thirty-minute train. We won't be able to undo. But um, no, I think Obi has the tools to be good, and especially once he showed me in the playoffs that he 
that was honestly the first time that he looked like he kind of belonged. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm like, yeah. it's promising to see him like fit in in the biggest moments at least. So that's why I'm not like super upset with Obi because I'm like, all right, on the biggest stage, he showed me that he belonged. And, you know, that's all he could have done there. Like, obviously, I'm not expecting Obi to go and give me 16 and 6 in the playoffs after playing horribly in the year. Mm-hmm. Or playing poorly, I should say. Horribly is a bit strong. Uh, he played quite poorly. But uh, I, I think it did show me something that, you know, he looked like he belonged there in the playoffs. And, you know, well, I, I do agree. To... Sorry, go ahead. No, I just you know, I was going to say I agree with you, man. It is tough uh, to find where he fits on Tibbs' team because, like you said, he laterally is challenged. Uh, he does not move very well. And the center rotation is, you know, clogged up, like you mentioned. So I wonder if uh, – he will just spell Julius at the four a lot, maybe uh, some minutes at the three if you guys want to, if we want to run big. Um, but yeah, that, worry about that, no, no, I see no, some people saying, I see some people saying OB at the three, and I'm here to tell you, hell no. That is no stints. Way. Not even that for two minutes just, at a time? I would rather have Kevin Knox or Quentin Grimes at the two, <laughs> at, or the three, I mean. Like, yeah. but no, for real, for real. Like, no, OB no. Is, no, he's so slow. He's so you're right. slow. No, you're right, man. It's just tough. Like, it's just tough to find a space for him. I'm just, you know, maybe, yeah, I was thinking maybe two minutes at the three, but, you know, you probably are right. You know, there's not many wings uh, who will be matched up with that won't be able to go by him, you know, if he's playing the three, especially if it's a starter um, on another team. So that is challenging, man. So probably, I don't know, maybe you say spelling Julius then is where you see him fitting in the most? Yeah, I think. Shout out to Ben in the comments. He needs to start shooting more like he did in college. He wasn't punished for his slow release in college, and now that he's in the NBA, he keeps getting punished because of a slow release. Like He does not have a quick trigger whatsoever, and it's also a decision thing. Like I think that he thinks that he can pump fake on the perimeter and then drive and dunk, and he's finding that that is not a thing in the NBA. We are his, in, yeah, we are. his ups in college like took him helped him with driving. Like he was just more athletic and big than a lot of guys in college, and now that you're in the NBA everyone's bigger and stronger than you. And he, he's, he's having to get used to that. So, yeah, we are not in the A-10 anymore, OB. No. Um, yeah, definitely can't rip one dribble and then go up and just dunk over people. But, uh, you know, I think, honestly, I think just a uh, – we all know, rookies in Tibbs' system, that's not an easy task. You know what no. I mean? Like, just no. because quickly, you know, made it look kind of easy, you know, to crack the rotation, that's really not an easy thing. Uh, it has not been easy to make a Tibbs rotation going back to when he was in Boston, you know, even though he was an assistant. So I think Obi, you know, I think he will look much more uh, much more natural here in year two. Um, uh, at least that's what I'm hoping for. But I also believe that because it's tough. You know, you know, Tibbs has a very, very short leash when it comes to rookies. And, uh, yeah. you know, Obi was making mental mistakes that didn't ever, you know, let him get into a rhythm because, you know, Tibbs is not having that. Whoa. So I think, you know, yeah, go ahead. Like you said, we need to space the floor more, you know, uh-huh. and that like that's just Obi needs to take more threes. Like Julius should be people should be able to kick out to him for a quick three like that, like at like a thirty five percent clip. Let's say, you know what I mean? Like that's realistic. exactly, exactly. Not even asking him to be knocked down, uh, oh, but just you know, if he's open, you got to be. He's got to pull it with no hesitation. And obviously, you know, me making them at, a, at like you said, 33, 35% clip. I'll even take like, you know, 32, 33, honestly, if he's not taking a super high volume, as long as he's a threat. Um, yes. I really do think that that, that, that would help a lot. Um, and then as long as it uh, opens lo- the floor, you know, exactly. And along with, you know, um, the spacing that should open the floor, I think, I don't know about you, but when I was watching the Knicks, 
They would fight so hard, play so well on defense. Julius would, you know, create as much offense as he possibly could. But there were stretches where the Knicks just could not create shots. They could not create, manufacture easy offense. They have brought in two players whose game is predicated on making easy offense in Fournier and Kemba. So I really love those moves, honestly. Just as far as they making the Knicks a better team, I really think those two are going to go a long way. Fun stat. Uh, Knicks, 20 point per game point guards in the last 20 years. There's only one. Stefan Marbury. Right. So, you know, right. This like, is, come on. It's not quite uncharted territory, Dude, but. It's like, do we need to go, like, okay, Mike Bibby. Ancient Mike Bibby, ancient Jason Kidd, uh, Chris Duhon, Raymond Felton, Jarrett Jack. Like, I could go all day. I really could. <laughs> it's, been list... more, it, it's been rough. Hmm. So this is wonderful. And honestly, I don't – Kemba is not washed by any stretch. He's really not. And okay. I, especially, I especially think that Kemba, when – now he's in a role that suits his strengths. You know, he is going to be the guy when he's out there, he's going to be able to go get buckets. You know, he's not going to worry about deferring a ton. You know, obviously, I still think Julius is going to be, you know, the number one player on the team. Um, But I do think Kemba's going to be a little more free to play to his strengths. And no, he's still got it. He's still got it. He, when he played last year and when he was healthy, he still has a game. And you know, he competes on defense. You know, his height, obviously, and size is tough, but the Knicks have a great defensive identity already. You know, Kemba will fight. He'll take charges. So, you know, you have at the very least, you know, you don't have to worry about effort when it comes to Kemba. And Fournier, he's serviceable on defense, man. He's really not a – he's not a super negative on defense, but he is definitely a plus on offense. That's a bonafide three-level score, you know. Oh, oh, Nick, oh, Vince in the comments. Shout out to my guy, Sasha Vujicic. Uh, Nick's legend, Sasha, Sasha Vujicic. <laughs> No, listen, RJ will be taken care of too, Ben. You need not worry. Honestly, I hope RJ takes care of us in the Big Apple because, I mean, come on. RJ has the makings of a uh, – wow, I'm just like seeing visions right now of all NBA RJ and Julius. And, Do you and know who – I don't know <laughs> if this is like a weird or bad or hot take, but I – Julius and RJ remind me of Lowry and DeRozan in that – they're really, really good, and they're going to make their team, like, one of the best in the conference. But there's always going to be, like, that mountain that they can't get over. Mm. And I hope, yeah, I mean, that that is uh, – I like that comparison, you know, like, uh, just team-wise, totally. But I do think that RJ and Julius are – that's going to be a – they're going to be a terrific pairing, you know, star-wise. Like, I don't think people realize – I mean, the sky's the limit for RJ. Like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, he definitely needs to improve his shot selection. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I saw. I mean, the RJ, kid's twenty. You know, he's twenty like, years old, exactly. And and uh, you know, I think I saw enough from RJ to where I'm like a believer in his three point jump shot. You know, I doubt he's going to shoot like he did some months, forty seven, forty eight percent. But you know, like I said, to shoot forty percent when you start the year shooting twelve and a half percent. Like, dude, that was terrible, but he totally came around. And I think that, uh, you know, I think a hot take would be that RJ is going to be, uh, I, I can't quite say as good as Julius, but he's going to be. They would I, be wanted RJ, I wanted RJ to become like a Jimmy Butler, and I feel like he's becoming a DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, but the mental toughness of Butler, like, isn't there. And not to be like an old school, like, boomer kind of fan, but like, you know. Mm-hmm. 
it like oh. it really like it's real dog it's it no having mental toughness is a real skill in in life but especially when it comes to sports and you know honestly i can't truly blame a 20 year old playing like under in under the lights of new york city for yeah. not you know exactly. making every sound decision so i'm definitely willing to give rj time to grow but that is something i'm with you mike that i would love to see from rj is that is that uh you know the mental strength the mental fortitude you know being built up um yeah, you know, not making emotional decisions in the game, not making frustration fouls. Um, and honestly, dude, I think RJ could be a good defender too. You know, he's not gonna. I mean, he already is a good defender, but I think he can really be a. You know, I think he can really be a positive on that end because he has all the tools, man. And like you said, he's got to buy in like Jimmy, man. Jimmy can score twenty points, but his real value is the fact that he can lead a team and that he can, you know, make life on your other pl- on the other team's best player like hard as hell. And I would say RJ probably his skill set is a little more offensive than Jimmy's. Um, yeah, but I well, do think also, that um, Kev in the comments pointed out he's lacking a bag. I don't think it's a lack of a bag; it's that he cannot get into his bag. He has mm-hmm. shots he can go to. He just has like bad shot selection, like we've been saying. Mm-hmm. His what? His go to right now is the mid range, and that's just not, yeah, 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 which is just. Kind of, unless you're Devin Booker, like I mean, or Demar Derozan, right? Like like driving to the rim, like RJ looks okay, but then he also isn't strong enough to really like bully his way in, and he isn't fluid enough to like finesse his way in. And that's but, another but, thing. But the flashes are there. The flashes the, are there. The right? flashes of a bag are there. And I will. I mean, I can. I can see where Kev is coming from here, saying that. You know, he doesn't have his one go-to move for a bucket. But I would say his mid-range pull-up is his go-to kind of. And, you know, he does hit that at a high clip. But, you know, he's obviously shooting it at a little bit too much of volume. But uh, it is, I have that's no his numbers. I have no numbers to back this up. But from what I remember, he, he went to the mid-range a lot in the fourth quarter of games when we needed a bucket and Julius was tired. And a lot of the time he would miss him. And that's probably mm-hmm. a part of being tired and it's late in the game. But he needs a better... You know, if the midrange is going to be your go-to shot, you need to be DeRozan or you need to be Booker. If not, right. then find something else. Right. right. And I think along with, uh, you know, along with getting, becoming mentally stronger, you know, like you mentioned, he's not, you know, maybe the absolute strongest guy right now. So becoming physically stronger as well, um, you know, over the, over the coming months and years, you know, that will just only benefit RJ. And I think that's a change that a lot of younger players realize they need to make. They need to take the weight room more seriously. Um, you know, the obvious one is Giannis, you know, he came in like a twig and now he's, you know, modern day Shaq. Um, obviously I'm not expecting that from RJ, but, you know, being strong enough to handle contact in the paint, you know, uh, becoming a more efficient finisher. I think that's something that could also uh, go a long way into RJ's growth. But Mike, I can't believe we've gone this long with real, without really talking about him too much. What are you expecting from our guy IQ Emmanuel quickly here in his sophomore oh, season? All right. So. To throw off the main take, he looked mm-hmm. great in year one, which is why we won't see a lot of progression this year, in my opinion. He did not get much stronger. In summer league, he basically went to his floater, which was wet, but he <laughs> can't do that every play. He <laughs> shoots great from deep, but that's not necessarily what we need. His playmaking looks good in summer league, but not on the level that he can be a full-time point guard. Agreed. We have no idea what player he's going to become. I don't expect a jump at all. 
You know, I think that's a very measured take. I think that is very reasonable. Um, you know, because if he does make a leap from how good he was year one, he would be, the leap would to be a starter caliber player already. Right. And, you know, I'm with you. I don't think he displays starter level um, playmaking in the summer league. And, you know, I think his defense, obviously with Tibbs, you know, defense is the area where he really needs to cut his teeth if he wants to see 30 plus minutes. You know, I don't even know if 30 plus minutes are there for him, but... I would say that he really needs to um, improve playmaking and his defense, and that's where the leap will come. Well, um, he's just so tiny, though. You know, so it's like it's tough. It's tough. He, it is he's tough. on that Trey Young level where he's just going to get targeted every time he's on the floor. So, yeah, there's only so much you can do. But I would say getting stronger—that's one thing. You know, he needs to focus on for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think offensively, man, he's terrific. But I'm with you. I don't think he's going to make a giant leap to become the starting point guard. I'm, well, it's I'm like. The things that he's good at, he's great at, right? Like his, right. his floater's great. His his deep ball is great. He's it's the other things that he's just all mediocre. That he if he can at least improve that a little bit, like all of those a little bit, it'll make a huge difference. You know what I mean? Precisely. Yeah, I'm not asking him to become Tony Allen on defense. No, you know, no. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not asking him to become a all all world passer. It's just you need to. He needs to be able to make the right reads pretty much all the time. You know. Not yeah. like not wildly complex reads, just the correct ones, and he needs to be at least a net neutral on defense. And I will, you know, I think IQ will have a very long career career in this league yeah. if he can do that. I mean, I think he's gonna have a, a long career either way, um, but you know what I mean. He'll have a, a very impactful long career if he can improve those two areas. We jumped into the uh, the player talk because we got on RJ because Ben <laughs> loves Duke a little too much, but a little too much. <laughs> I was gonna say with. Um, I like to compare these Knicks to Tibbs Bulls teams. Not that they're the same team, but it's definitely more similar than Tibbs when he was in Minnesota. So Tibbs Bulls teams did not regress that hard, even after the Derrick Rose injury. And the Knicks don't have uh, anything of that magnitude, the Rose injury, like the right. Bulls did. Right. Good, good defense wins in the regular season because no one plays defense in the regular season. But Tom Thibodeau plays defense in the regular season which is why the Knicks played so well last year. And I don't see that changing, them playing good defense. No, neither do I. No. Will there be regression? Yes. Will it be as large as some people think? No. Yeah, I'm right. like I said, I'm right there with you. I think people like are going to – that's going to be an overblown talking point um, with Julius and the team. Um, but, no, I think, honestly, the Knicks' defense and how hard they play, that's not – that's something that will win you games in the regular season, like you're saying. Like, in all – that's why watching the Knicks was so refreshing because they played hard every possession. They played defense every possession. Um, and, you know, like I said, their offense would stall at times, but I think they've really made moves to um, make sure there's no more stalling. And I, honestly, you know the season is only a month away, Mike. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. I am so excited. As much as I love oh, my, my football, nothing can replace basketball. Basketball is the best sport. I'll say it. Basketball is amazing. I mean, we're on halftime, so I can say that, right? Half, yeah, this is halftime hoops, not halftime football. You know, so uh, basketball is the best sport, man. It really is. But uh, no, I just can't wait to see. You know, I think the East is going to be. This feels like the first normal season in a while. You know what I mean? Because last year was so weird, and then we had the bubble. I'm just so excited to to see NBA basketball again. Um, and you know, yeah, hopefully the Knicks can prove some doubters wrong, man, for sure. I think out of the rookies, 
I don't think Quentin Grimes or Jericho Sims is going to see any run, um, uh, barring injuries within the main lineup. I think Miles McBride could maybe sneak in. Maybe sneak in. He's a good enough defender that Tibbs is going to love him. And the way he shot the three-point ball in Summer League, I'm I'm convinced. He, he, he can see the floor. Yeah, I would say of all the rookies, he's the easy one to say. He has the yeah. most likely chance to crack the rotation. I am right there. I'm right there with you, especially like you said. If you if, if he can play good defense and then hit catch and shoot threes, he's he has a spot on the floor for at least a few minutes. Yeah. Again, I think most definitely. Deuce for McBride, sure. man. I think that was a terrific pick by the Knicks. I really liked that move. Yeah, man. I love the nickname Deuce, but uh, until he, you know, makes his name a little bigger, I, I keep getting put down by Celtics fans. Deuce, Ta- Deuce Tatum is the star Deuce. Okay. The I will admit, Deuce Tatum is a star, but um, you know, I have to give Deuce McBride his props because he's actually in the NBA. Um, he's just not coasting off of his dad's his dad's name like this man, Deuce Tatum. Um, so, I, you know, I will... Uh, Celtics fans go crazy for that, for that kid, though. For real. He's, he is cute. I'll give you that. No, he's, he's a cute. Kid, he's also a giant, dude. That kid's like... Yeah, three years old. He's like four feet tall. I'm like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh. But yeah, yeah I'm excited. Uh, Deuce I'm excited McBride is the number two Deuce. <laughs> Shout out to Lamar. Um. Yeah, and then Jericho Sims. Yeah, I don't see him. Yeah, uh, he's just not gonna, especially as a uh, guy of his size. Like you know, cracking a, cracking a Tibbs rotation, man. You're gonna have to have the have oh, no. the rotations down, like on an unprecedented level for a rookie to even see the floor. So, uh, yeah, I doubt we'll see him. But I do think I do think it was a good pick, though, long-term. I, yeah. I did like that choice at 58, you know. With Sims, it's like he can jump out of the gym, and when you watch him on defense, like when someone drives and then he jumps, like, over the entire backboard, but they're just pump faking, <laughs> and then they just put up a nice little, you know, lay-in. And it's like, well, I mean – Geez, like the kid could be an animal on defense, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it there's just so much room for improvement within his game. Oh, yeah, let me typical rookie pick that 58 overall. So, yeah, I mean, nobody's yeah. expecting him yeah. to see the floor, but I, I do like the I do like the selection. I wonder what I will say. What are what are three things you're most looking? I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, but say what are three things you're most looking forward to see this season with the Knicks in this upcoming 21 22 season? If you've got them on I'm, deck, if not. You know, just let, you can let some random ones fly, but I just figured I'm, I'm excited for the season. Forward, I am most looking forward to Mitchell Robinson winning most improved player. Oh, I, I am <laughs> looking forward to uh, Kemba Walker on the comeback player of the year. And I am looking for uh, Evan Fournier to outperform Reggie Bullock from last year and play great perimeter defense and shoot 45% from three. There we go. That sounds, I, I was worried that the number three thing was Julius Randle for MVP. I, I didn't know if you were sticking <laughs> on the award, didn't know if you were sticking on the award train for the last one. No, um, no. But no. I do think, no, all jokes aside, I do think that actually Mitch winning most improved player is more than a possibility. And I also think Kemba could win like comeback player of the year because People are acting like Kemba is just trash. Like, I don't – As somebody, I mean, I watched a lot of the Celtics last year, so I obviously know, you know, Kemba, when he was healthy, man, he was putting in buckets. Like Kev says, what are we predicting for Kemba's stat line? 
Uh, give, me, give me a sec. Let me do a little. Hold on a sec. I'm, I'm going to do some Googles before I answer that, Kev. Okay. You know, Mike is going to do some Googles. Kev, I'll take it away here. Uh, I'm going to give a range for points because I'm a softie and don't want to commit to something. So I'm going 16, Ooh. 18 points a game. Okay, fine. 17.2 points a game. Um, <laughs> I think that he will. Uh, I think that he will, you know, he's never been a big assist guy, dude. So he's going to be in that three to four assist range, maybe. And then, you know, a few rebounds, nothing too crazy, a steal here. But I would say, yeah, like, you know, 16 to 18 points, man, I think is reasonable. But you should not expect, I don't think Kemba, has he ever even gone over six and a half assists or even six assists a game? I'm not sure. I don't think he has. He, so. uh, he, the most he's ever averaged was six assists, and that was yeah. also in his, his third year. Since then, it's yeah. gone down. Yeah, that's right. I would say in between three and four assists, maybe. And I'm even being generous a little bit with four, like. You know, I would say probably three and a half is a solid range. Well, I mean, you know, he has teammates who can make shots now, unlike when he was on the Celtics. So Wow, that is crazy. I'm going to pretend I did not hear that. <laughs> and I'm just going to say that I think Kemba won't actually have to do a ton of the playmaking here, which is why, you know, I do think you, you guys actually probably do have better shooters from top to bottom than the Celtics, you know, that really was painful to get out there. But um, I think that's true. But I don't think Kemba's going to be tasked with the playmaking a ton. I think Julius proved, you know, he's more than capable of doing that. Yeah. Honestly, can I just say, Julius shut a lot of people up this past season, man. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Because I know Knicks fans were pretty much done with him because he wasn't, he wasn't really good, man. Like uh, the year before, he wasn't that good. And this year he came out just... Made his teammates better. He was amazing on defense. He could shoot three pointers at an amazing clip. It was awesome, man. It was just awesome to see a former like guy who's gone through so much, you know, with his injury. Um, you know, he's been bounced around a few teams. That usually doesn't happen with a highly picked guy like that. Um, so it was just great to see, man. Kev asked my, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just messing, Drew. Kev asked my prediction for Kev's stat line. Uh, I'm gonna say 18 points per game. Five assists per game and three rebounds per game, but yeah. on forty-five percent field goal percentage. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I really think Fournier. I mean, Fournier had a really rough go of it with the Celtics. Like he he had his one game where he started his debut. He was like zero of ten. And then the next game, he could not miss, and then he got COVID and was out for a few weeks. So yeah, I don't think we should pull a ton. Like, you really can't pull pretty much any significant or meaningful uh, takes away takeaways from, you know, his stint with the Celtics. I would just focus on his last year with Orlando. How many All-Stars do the Knicks have in 21-22? Ask Uncle Drew WNBA. <laughs> I'm going to oh. go with one. I'm going to say one. Yeah. I, I mean, Drew, I say, how, do you, how many do you think? <laughs> I want to say two Julius so Randall. badly. I want to say two so badly for RJ, but I just don't think there's space on the All Star team. I mean, I some don't. people might even say Kemba's gonna have a comeback season and he might make it. You know, I, I don't. I think but the I only one Julius. I would really say with confidence is Julius, and then RJ and Kemba. It's like the the inner Knicks fan is like, oh hell yeah, <laughs> and then the realistic fan is like. Sit down. Stop. Now listen, I want to put RJ in there so bad, but, you know, the, the teams are pretty small, man. When you start listing those names, it's tough. But I am confident that Julius will make an all-star game. And there's just yeah. so many good players. Like, every year, there's 
good players who don't make the all-star team and I could eat. Well, but on the flip side, they love including Knicks players because it's New York and it's a big market. So that is true. That is true. So, so you know, like um, a Knicks probably. player is going to make it before a Pacers player, a la Julius I, beating out Sabonis. No, Julius beating out Jeremy Grant. You know, what I, I mean? was about to apologize to the uh, Pacers because you know I was about to say you took the words out of my mouth. So if if there's one team that the uh, the NBA will punish, I'm sure it's Indianapolis, and they'll reward New York. Yeah, but uh, as much as I want to say RJ, man, I don't know. I do. I'm expecting big things from RJ though this year. I really am, man. He, you know, people are sleeping on him still. I think they don't really know, man, because everybody. I still see people talking about how he's a bad three point shooter. I'm like, you must have turned. Uh, you must have turned the games off after Christmas Day because, you know, um, <laughs> pretty much the rest of the season, this man was knocking down his threes. Steph Part now, he's a big uh, Bucks Twitter. I mean, yeah. big on NBA Twitter too. Um, he's the former, I think, president of basketball operations for the Bucks. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, there's no way he deserved that job with the way he talks about RJ Barrett. And uh, oh. he's he's just uh, I'm gonna be kind of a jerk. He's one of those nerds, you know, who thinks he's mm-hmm. one of those analytical nerds, you know, ah. thinks he knows a ton about the NBA because he's good at math. But like, then you're telling me that RJ Barrett will never be a uh, Top 100 player in the NBA. Like, oh, that's get, crazy. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No, okay. Top 100 is wild. That is just ridiculous. And also, Mike, you know, there's probably a reason why he's the former president of basketball operations. It, and that's I'm and saying. not the current one. So you know, I would just say, um, that's ridiculous. I will not stand for that. RJ Rasher. That is crazy, man. I thought you were about to say top. Yeah, that's just so unreasonable. I don't even think I want to. Uh, I don't even think I can. You know, debate that. Yeah, man. So, anything else? Anything, what did we miss? Anything else? Let me see here. I fired off all my thoughts here. Right. Yeah, I mean, for we already talked about Fournier. Like, I don't really need to go there. He's just a better passer than Bullock, I guess, was the last point I was going to make. But that's not even going to make a huge difference. It's just the Knicks need playmaking. You know. No, to replace no to replace Bullock with Fournier is a big time upgrade. Yeah, um, but. People are saying like Bullock with the Mavs is like this huge thing, and I'm like, you'll you'll find out. Don't worry. Come playoff yeah. time, you'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, with the value of the contracts, you know, I can understand why some people might say that they would rather have Bullock. But personally, I like the creation of Fournier. He can get to the rim. He can shoot the midi. He can shoot catch and shoot threes. But he can run a pick and roll. He can attack a closeout. Uh, it's just a lot more shot variance, scoring variance than uh than Bullock has. And I do like, I really like Reggie as a player, man. He's a great shooter. Yeah. Tries on defense, man. But I just think Fournier is just an upgrade there. Um, um, and Yeah. Go ahead. I was my co-host on my other NBA pod, Rex. What did he, Scott drew through my mind off of it with this comment. Yeah. Tell your buddy about it. Um, what did he, Oh, Bullock, the Mavs. Oh, he said that the Knicks are now a free agent destination. And I think it's funny that, Reggie Bullock went to the Mavs because I'm sorry, Drew. Nobody wants to play for the Mavericks. And now, even though it's not a blockbuster signing, like we were able to get Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. So do you think the Knicks are a quote unquote free agent destination or somewhere that players want to play? Or are they still taboo? No, see, I think that the, this year is gonna is gonna show a lot because if the Knicks come out this year and are this have the same identity as they did last year as a scrappy team that plays great defense, but now with this added scoring punch, 
I think there's no doubt that the Knicks will be a free agent destination. You know, it, it, it is hard to say that with Dolan owning the team. But honestly, dude, I think Dolan's going to own the team, you know, for a long time. So uh, I would say I actually do think the Knicks will be a free agent destination. Now, if this year implodes, which I don't see happening, obviously, you know, I think that's going to take a damper off it. But I think if the Knicks uh, continue on this current trajectory, yeah, for sure, man. I think that this actually will be an attractive place to play, no doubt. Come on, the MSG men. Do you hear how Zion talks about MSG? I don't mean to start the Zion rumors already. Oh, you heard, you're starting it. You're but you starting. heard how we talked about MSG, didn't you? I did. I did. Honestly, it is magical. It's the best arena in sports, in my opinion. But I have okay, to in American sports, in American sports, in American sports. You can follow me at Perry Much So on Twitter. Lucas is. I'm at Luke. L U C A underscore, then his last name, Gainer, G A Y N O R. You should also sure. follow Nick's lead while you're here and <clears throat> make sure to tune in next week. We do this Mondays at 7 or Yes, wait. Yep, today's Monday. Mondays at 7 30. Uh, Lucas, anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would just say if anyone has any questions or anything, you know, you can feel free to just hit either of us up. We can address them on the show, you know? And I think yeah, that's- yeah, and you know. Uh, totally. If you want to speak, you know, you can always request. We didn't have many people uh, requesting to speak. Only people I didn't know, so I didn't bring them up. But Good, good. Yeah, probably a good call. But, yeah, yeah. totally. If uh, We're recording on this on Halftime Hoops. For anyone who's not familiar, totally go to the App Store. Check it out, man. You can uh, yes. hop in and, you know, be a part of the live show, man. We would love to have more listeners coming in and, uh, you know, sh- shooting it with us, asking us some questions. So, you know, I, I would love that. So, totally don't hesitate. Shout out, Bryce. Shout out, Drew. Shout out, Kev. Appreciate Shout out to Ben. Shout out to Lamar. Shout out everyone who came through. 